In less than a year, our podcast has gone from an average of 10,000 downloads a month to 50,000 downloads. What made the difference? You leaving us a five-star review. The more positive reviews, the more the algorithm picks us up, and more people are confronted by the law and gospel of Jesus Christ. Help us press forward the crown rights of King Jesus by leaving us a five-star review on your favorite podcast platform. Thanks. Jesus said, Man cannot live on bread alone, but from every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You're listening to Daily Truth. Matthew Henry, again, in commentating on these particular verses of our text, says this, Note, in confessing sin, as we take shame to ourselves, so we give glory to God as righteous, owning him justly displeased with us. Again, old language. But what this late great Puritan is essentially saying is that one of the ways we glorify God is by way of consequence. The way of consequence being by owning our sin. When we own our sin, we exonerate God. In the objective sense, God needs no exoneration. Let God be true and every man a liar. But there is something to be said subjectively when a man confesses his sin as David does in Psalm 51 verse 4. Against you and you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight so that I am confessing that I did it, only I did it, and I did it against you so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. God would have been justified whether David confessed his sin or not. He would have been blameless whether David repented or not. But there is something to be said outside of the objective ultimate truth category within the subjective interpersonal confession and repentance realm that when we say, I sinned. In our hearts, we are saying, God is exonerated. I think of the book of James. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted, nor does he tempt any man. But each man is led astray by his own desire. Desire, if not dealt with, sin at the level of desire eventually gives birth to sin, and sin, when fully grown, brings forth death. James is saying a lot in that particular passage, but one thing that he is certainly saying is that God is not to blame. One of the things that we do, brothers and sisters, when we confess our sins before the Lord is we exonerate Him. Or, as Joshua says in our text today, my son, give glory to the Lord God of Israel and give praise to him. Joshua recognizes the two birds that are killed with a singular stone. Or, for the Californians, the two birds that are fed by one scone. Joshua recognizes that in the confessing of Achan's sin, he is indicting himself and simultaneously in one foul swoop, giving glory to God. 
I'm responsible. God is blameless. It's just as what David does, so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Confessing sin indicts us and exonerates God. In the objective sense, God is always exonerated. In the objective sense, let God be true and every man a liar. Is God responsible for sin? May it never be. God forbid. But there is something to be said in terms of our individual relationship with God. For us to say that which is already true, whether we said it or not, it still does good to the soul of a man to say, I was wrong. God is right. 